Hey, it's Melvin, one of your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're a longtime listener, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast world, so if you want to help us out, it'll take only a moment of your time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to Cinematic Doctrine. Hey, if you just press play, you're missing out on 18 minutes of us talking about Christmas traditions and how it's not exactly exciting for everybody. And so Melanie and I uh, were just kind of, which I'll introduce again in a minute, but um, Melanie and I were talking about kind of the complicated dynamics that come in, like gift giving and types of traditions that you're going into, setting up lights, the whole community should bag, uh, and just how like... Yeah, it's it's especially as Christians too. Like, if it's about Christ being born, like, what's up with the gifts and kind of how it just sometimes feels a little muddled or confused. Um, if you want to hear about that, support us three dollars a month on the Cinematic Doctrine Patreon link in the show notes. There are other benefits to supporting on Patreon. Um, you will hear about those as you listen to the rest of this episode. All kinds of stuff. Again, all available for three dollars. You can support more if you'd like. We have goals we want to reach. You'll again hear about those. But we are here to talk about where the scary things are, which was voted on semi-voted on by patreon supporters it was a tie between bullet train and where the scary things are mm. and when i tried to press daniel about like which did he prefer doing he would not tell me oh <laughs> I, no i was like dan what do you want to do and he goes what do you want to do i was like no dad i asked you first <laughs> and he goes well you sound like you have a, pay- a bias and i was like i do have a bias but i'm asking you and well it doesn't uh. matter because he's not here today anyway <laughs> so uh, but I chose out of the two where the scary things are because everyone's probably seen Bullet Train already at this point, and nobody has seen where the scary things are, probably except for not. me, Melanie, and probably half of the movie for Daniel. Uh, but again, like you said, he's not here. But Melanie is back joining us on the show. Hi, Melanie. How are you? Hello. I'm doing pretty good. Happy to be here again. Yeah, and we're doing another bad movie. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> which for me is really exciting yes (laughs) i uh just a little background where the scary things are um i only found out because on october i was just browsing paramount plus's scant collection of movies they don't have a lot and the streaming on there is not very good anyway um but there is this movie called where the scary things are and the description was just basically that like uh, teenagers find a monster, turn it into an influencer, and the monster's dangerous. And I'm like, okay, that sounds kind of interesting. I want to watch that. Put it on the backlog. Never got to it until maybe late November. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Mm. And not because, yeah, Melanie's shaking her head. Or, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> it is bad. Um, and uh. I just... I started telling everybody at work, I was like, you got to see it. There's this one scene in it that to me is laugh out loud funny. You got to check mm. it out. Um, and we'll get to there. At least I'll make clear what it is for me that that sold it. But um, we're going to kind of do what we did with Hangman's Curse, where 
We're going to assume no one's seen it, which it turns out Hangman's Curse, apparently everybody had seen if you saw oh. us on Twitter, but everyone was going, oh my gosh, I watched this as a kid. And it was, oh, it was wow. the most interaction we've ever gotten. So I, I really <laughs> ate some so crow there. <laughs> I just explained the movie and it's like they didn't even need it. Right. Um, but we're going to go from beginning to end explaining the movie. So there won't be a description in the beginning uh, here. And as I'm describing the movie, the two of us, me and Melanie, will cut in and share thoughts and respond to it. Let's start the movie because I have something like 12 pages here. Where the scary things are, we open it on intro credits, a field of screams. This is a real place on real earth. It's in Pennsylvania. It's actually nearby, which is kind of cool. Um, mm. In fact, at the in the credits, it said it was catered by like a mom and pop pizza shop, which to me is kind of adorable. <laughs> it's only it's it's really not far at all um and field of screams this is not an advertisement but they are open at least once or twice every month for like a special theme of that month and then hmm. in october i think they're open the whole time and uh i'll just come out the gate and say shooting a field of screams was a good idea here um from the start the movie looks good setting wise um i mm. watched some really bad movies and i think this is benefited by having like basically being shot at a like halloween park like if you've mm. seen hellfest it this is what that is except it's a real place whereas hellfest is actually it could have been shot at a real place i'm not sure but yeah uh very cool um opening credits we introduced several characters uh they're they have the artwork of some tumblr-esque cartoons uh and it lists off their names ayla starry snack scribble bon bon max bran donahue mighty jenny and boingo boingo uh four of those names i completely made up because i don't know what these <laughs> names are <laughs> and the parents of the movie call them these names so that, I guess that blew my mind i did i just was like it's it's rare that a that a parent will will call their kid a nickname that's like obscure. Like if you have if your child is named Michael and it's <laughs> normal for the nickname to be Mike. Yeah. Not, not like snack or what is scribble. that? <laughs> like why would why would you call them that? It just makes absolutely no sense. I really don't know. I it was very confusing. I didn't know if it was like a Gen Z thing, like if they're trying mm. to be like, oh, these are their names and their parents are being respectful by not detonating them. I don't know. Um, the movie isn't progressive like that, so it's not like that's a thing here. Yeah, um, it's just that, like you know, they got these weird names and uh, very, very strange. And one one other thing I'll say about the intro. Mm -hmm. The music is terrible because I don't understand the fart noises. Oh, oh, yes. I know. Yes. The, it's um, just yeah. like this, like, womp, like yes. sound in the music. But it's, <laughs> I've literally it's like string music. And then they put in sound. like this, like, yeah, it's not good. It's like almost industrial. It's, but yes. not good industrial. It's, it's no bueno. Um, so uh, the movie starts YouTube video of, Bum Fights, a show made oh by gosh. the kid named Bran, who definitely is 12 years old. Um, at first, you think it is fake, but then it comes to a wide shot, uh, and you see these kids are walking down the road, and Bran is showing his friend the bum fights, going, wasn't this so funny? Uh, and the one friend like just outright says, like, those are real people. That's not funny. And then you as an audience go, oh, 
see, I thought we were setting up that this is like a fake YouTube channel. Yeah. No, this 12 year old is hanging a $20 bill in front of two homeless people. And then the homeless people fight, um, which as a concept is so <sighs> silly and fake that to me, I'm like, all right, I'm in for a good ride because oh <laughs> you've already broken all the rules of like <laughs> what's supposed to happen um, in a movie like this. It's like, you already know you're just in a very obscure place. Like you don't just, you're just what you're saying out loud, Melvin, I hope just helps people to understand like nothing of <laughs> it only gets worse from here. Yes, a 12 year awesome. old hanging a $20 bill, encouraging like and then hosting these bum fights. And it's just like, it's, it's so ridiculous. I love it. It's great. It's such a good setup. <laughs> it's a setup for the movie, as opposed to the characters, even though that is the characters. Yeah. You may not know this, but the easiest way you can show your support for Cinematic Doctrine is to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. So press pause and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And then press play again so you can hear the rest of the show. Um, as they keep going, Ayla immediately, Ayla is the girl of the group. She starts screaming at Bran to stop uh, filming her butt and that you better um, get used to this yelling and screaming because this is all Ayla does the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Constantly mm-hmm. mad. Very, very, very <laughs> annoying. Um, and frankly, like not much acting because of they're just mad the whole time. So there's right. not a whole lot going on. Um, all the kids were sneaking into the field of screams. Um, they were going to hang out. They briefly mentioned that they dock people as they're talking. I'm assuming this is a different form of doxing. It's not entirely clear, but this Mm. is something that they do like they're a gang, but they're not really a gang. But what they essentially do is they find things. I think I'm thinking by context clues because this movie is deceptively vague um, that they figure out things about people that they're ashamed of and then they like blackmail them into it. So they that's what they do. Yeah, we're really kicking off this movie with characters we like, aren't we? Um mm. <laughs> so nobody's likable. No. And for a horror movie that's bearable, I'll, I'll say, because that's setting you up for like, okay, I can't wait for we get comeuppance. We're going to have at least one or two characters who are maybe becoming good out of the bad group and so they'll be the heroes, whatever. But we don't, you know, I, you know, I won't I won't get ahead of myself. We'll keep going. Um Yeah. So they all break into the field of screams, but then they immediately get caught by a security guard. There is really bad music during this chase scene, and it's very, <laughs> very bad. Um, and then we get a scene of everybody in their cars being chewed out by their parents, um, and it's uh, it is not good. Um, like we said, the parents all call them by their nicknames. Um, we pretty much get their characters from this point. Ayla is just mean, mighty. Uh, these are, yeah, like I said, these are real names. Uh, Mighty, well, the four that I named earlier were not, but <laughs> uh, Mighty <laughs> is Insulin Kid. Also, he smells. That's it. Uh, Bran can't say words correctly. So he says like monetize instead of monetize. And he says, that's totally Monday instead of money. Uh, he's the 12 year old <laughs> kid who films bum fights. Snack is the closest we get to a protagonist. And in my opinion, the closest we get to one of the young actors being particularly good at at performing. I am very lax with criticisms of performances. I think that acting is difficult, not just as somebody who doesn't do it, but also like recognizing you're, you're having to act natural in front of lights that are extremely hot and bright. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you you sometimes in some cases have to act to things that aren't real, and uh, so I get it. But the performances here are not good. But but Snack, I think, shows promise if he chooses to continue with his uh, career. If if he has one, uh, then we have Max who has facts. Max facts, and he always looks nervous. Perpetually looks nervous or yes, gassy. The I'm same not sure. face. Yeah, it, it doesn't <laughs> stop. And then Scrib- Scribble is the hot, long-haired skater boy who also has the exact same fashion sense as my boss. So I'm not <laughs> sure how I feel about that. <laughs> it's it's a fact. Um, oh my god! They both do the he- head. Uh, bandana thing. Um, yes, that's so funny. Um, but that doesn't make Scribble not hot. So here we are. Um, so, anyways, we move forward. There's a teacher scene. Uh, it discusses the purpose of the movie, as script writing 101 will tell you. Uh, the the topic of the discussion is the viral nature of creating local myths or like a Bloody Mary equivalent. In this case, they do that photo from a couple years ago of the scary face in the bathroom that would supposedly make shopping kids videos to tell children to kill themselves. It was not a real event there, even though like it was a real myth that was going around online, it was not real. Mm. And his whole topic is about like how this becomes something we believe socially, even though it might not be true. And so he then asked the kids to do a project, which is essentially uh, make one up, make up a myth and see how it kind of viral and takes over. And in this scene, uh, a character is covering their face. It's a character we will never see her face. (laughs) We will never see her face. Um, Hair is covering her face the whole time. Uh, I guess that's what they just assume Hot Topic people look like. And uh, she is crying. And Ayla just sort of looks at her and like uh, barks at her. (laughs) And then is like, why are you crying? Um, (laughs) And she's just like, she's so annoying. She's always crying, calls her the B word. It's very weird. Um, And regardless, uh, the teacher is compassionate and just is like, hey, you can go do whatever. And Ayla, as the kid is leaving the class, is like, why is she always crying? This is ridiculous. It's it's great. Um, And then this is essentially a complicating incident, right? They have to make a myth and they have to uh, make have it have influence of some kind. Yeah, uh, Mr. Lewis gets a complaint from a student, and the principal chews him out, puts him on warning. The complaint is essentially against Jenny, saying that she cries too much and holds the class back. Um, but the principal interprets it as uh, the teacher's fault. You, in particular, with teaching background, uh, it sounded like you had something to say at least to how he reacted to this complaint. <laughs> it's just the whole scene is just not real in that. And I mean, I know that we know none of this is based in something that would really happen, not even just with the premise of the film, but like you said, the very first scene, you're like, okay, I know what I'm watching. Um, but it's just the the conversation that they have where she just goes up to him and says, all this stuff is inappropriate and you can't talk about these things in your classroom. And he's just like, well, it's Jenny. She's holding everybody back. And I'm just like, you just threw, like you were going to, you had said it um, earlier as well. You just like threw your student under the bus. Under the saying, bus. Like yeah. basically all this is happening because she is holding the class back. And it's like, there's just a lot of things that are wrong with that. You know, I think yes. a teacher would, would not phrase it that way. At least I hope they, at least not in front of their administrator. Yes. And that child would actually, or should be getting services if there is something that is um, going wrong um, 
is, is, is kind of going wrong, like behind the scenes, like maybe she has, um, some emotional issues or, um, just the trauma from her past that she's trying to work through. And maybe that's why she's so scared of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I, what's confusing is that the Ayla, what, uh, however they pronounce her name, she makes it seem like she cries every 10 minutes. She doesn't belong with us. And I don't know if they're trying to allude that maybe she's, um, like a special, special, needs. Like special needs yeah yeah or because that's not the sense that you get like no, it's, she it's seems not. more emotionally and socially distraught. yeah, yeah mo- emotionally distraught <laughs> yeah. socially awkward than than actually having some kind of um or having needs that would prevent her from being in a traditional classroom setting so i feel like that wouldn't even be part of that conversation where he would have with the administrator saying yeah, she's holding everybody know. back. It would, that would be a lot different. And if anything, he should be having her speak to a counselor and not just like having her go out of the room, you know, take five minutes to step out of the class. Just to yeah, come back in, I guess. It, it was yeah. just, it was just really, it was a whole, it was very, very strange and student complaints. I have never heard of that. Yeah, I guess parent complaints could be more right. Like reasonable. parents will write, like you know, letters to to teachers, or maybe the student will write a letter to the administrator saying like this teacher is unfair because of X Y Z. I'm sure that that's happened, but mm-hmm. just for her to just go in and say, "I got this letter, and I want you to read this," it was just so very like the whole Super dynamic. Weird. I think is just very very weird, and I don't think that the teachers would react. Or the administrator would react in that way. If anything, the administrator would probably say, I mean, if they're reasonable, reasonable, <laughs> reasonable. and, and competent, <laughs> you know, just, yeah. they would, they would say, what's going on with Jenny? We have concerns about right. her. Clearly this yes. is, there's something going on rather than saying you're not doing your job. It's just a, uh, it's, it, they could have set that up a lot differently to make it seem like they're gunning for him in some way. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it just was, ridiculous. It's just very, very odd. It's the gift that and, keeps on giving. Yes, And Ayla, I don't understand why she hates her. And I was hoping that eventually we would find out. And then there's really just no reason. There's no she's reason. Just, it's it's awesome. Well, I can't wait till mean. we get to the reason, <laughs> but uh, or at least the the semi reason we get in the movie. But uh, so the whole gang is then hanging out at uh, Fiddle Screams again. Uh, mm. So it seems to not matter that the security guard caught them in the beginning because they right. just for the rest of the movie keep going back to Fiddle Scre- Screams. Uh, Brand is then setting photos of the guys of Ayla's butt. Uh, mostly just looks like a mannequin in shorts. It's really not that provocative. <laughs> All of the rest of the scenes essentially are the same whenever it's stuff, stuff like this. Um, really not provocative stuff. Um, regardless, despite Ayla having no context for, for what's going on and just here's a snicker, she starts yelling at everybody uh, and is wondering what's going on. Uh, it's just weird. Um, she, yeah. she has no reason to suspect that this is what they're doing. Uh, Snack covers up and says that they're probably just laughing over Jenny crying in class. I don't know. I guess, I guess this is funny. Um, so that's why they're <laughs> laughing. Uh, Ayla gets angrier going, she's just the worst, always crying in class. I filed a complaint against her because she's always crying and it stops us every 10 minutes. Um, she specifically says she has nothing to do with Mr. Lewis. Womp womp. Oh, well, right. <laughs> Mr. Lewis got in trouble. Um, <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, and of course she could file the complaint. We knew that like uh, the context clues and the movie tell, told us we didn't have to hear yeah. it uh, from her, from her lips. Her motivation here is she's just frustrated that her class is disrupted by Jenny all the time. So Ayla is bas- basically this bully uh, who's also diligent about grades. Cause she's specifically frustrated that 
Jenny gets good grades just like she does, even though she always cries in class. And that would be a conversation for the teacher. What, that the would fact be, that like, oh, because like the teacher's would, grading them. Maybe, if I were like, an administrator, I would say, you know, how are you interacting with Jenny? How are you grading her for her work or her um, are you letting her slide and just kind of yes, giving her yeah. A's like everybody else? That's actually something that would be of concern and something to talk right. to him about, as opposed to worrying about some kind of letter another student gave him. And how would she know that Jenny's getting the same grades? I <laughs> maybe Scribble hacked the hacked the system. Yeah, and maybe like has all the dirt on her on everybody. I don't know. Maybe they're docking, but then later on she's like excited because they get her personal cell phone number. I'm not sure, but yeah. we'll get to there when we get there. But Ayla decides then that they need to kill this project. Uh, no, they need to succeed, pardon. But they need to succeed with the project she says kill uh, for Mr. Lewis, which means getting right to the edge. So, so basically she's like, we need to kill it on this project. And during the class, they're hearing about how this um, myth, this internet myth was telling kids to kill themselves. And of course it wasn't true, but then snack is like, what? So Ayla, you want us to like scare kids into killing themselves. And then Ayla inches closer to snack and goes, we will get right to the edge. So it's essentially <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I guess we'll do a project that makes kids kill themselves. I don't Oh my gosh. Whatever. Uh, um, it's, just, it's so frustrating. What is Melvin? it with bad movies wanting to have that be a subject matter? I don't understand. And I don't know like, either. Oh, we talked about two movies. So bad movies could, no, like it seems to be a thing that bad movies play with the concept of suicide. I don't understand. Right. I, um, Snack then seems indifferent. We get a scene of him listening to a podcast at home. It's probably so. Uh, this movie is named after a podcast called Where the Scary Things Are. Oh, um, okay. And so it's possible that he's listening to that. Whether, regardless, at the end, there's a cameo, uh, an audio cameo with the podcasters, but. Uh, then he also has a heart-to-heart with a robot vacuum Tamagotchi about existential destabilization. I'm not sure what's going on, but he essentially talks <laughs> to this so robot. Random. I don't understand. Uh, Brand knocks on Snack's window to have him shoot an episode of Bum Wars, not Bum Fights, uh, which is just a video of Brand using a lighter to set a homeless man's beanie on fire. There's That's so it. many. The there's so <laughs> many problems with that scene. I'm just. It just happens. <laughs> it, just, it just happens. And, and then it cuts away. <laughs> and then it's over. And it's like, you, why are you friends? Like, I don't understand yes, why any yes. of these kids are friends with anybody. Like, it just like their whole. 50 minutes in, you're watching this one scene take place. It's like a montage and nobody's happy in the montage. No. And you're just like, why are they friends? What's why going on? Why would they be friends? Why, I why don't know. And it's I don't think weird. a girl like her would hang out with them, if I'm going to be honest. Like, no, a girl I like her like, would not hang out with them. They're kind of geeky and like... I yeah, like it just because she's such a bully and she thinks that she's better than everyone else, I would mm-hmm. imagine she would want to be with... Ten scribbles. Cooler people. Or maybe there are just no cool people at the school, so that's just, you know, a lack of options. I don't know. It's it was just, either Jenny or all of them. No right. other options. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's 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 just it, the dynamic, the friendship dynamic between all of them just doesn't seem to really make any sense. Um, it's so bad. Her her motivations, their motivations, all of it. Brand starts showing Mighty the Bum Wars fight, and clearly Mighty also doesn't like it. So again, I don't know why anyone's friends with him. Right. I'm just like, why? <laughs> why do you spend time with him when clearly uh. everything he does is 
not a matter of, of opinion horrible. It is horrible. And like, also Bran is like five years younger than these guys. Yes. Or, he's not even someone's younger brother. Like, I don't get it. I, it doesn't make any sense. Enjoying this episode? Grab that share link and tell your friends. Word of mouth is the most effective way for a podcast to reach new listeners, so don't be shy. Share the episode wherever you can. Um, so then Snack breaks into the Field of Screams to share with his uh, uh, friends that uh, he can't be a docker anymore. He's like rehearsing this before he gets there. And then he gets jump scared by something. Uh, so then he, and, and then it's like, it's all 80 yard. It's really bad. He runs up. Um, oh, I actually put a note, a positive note. Uh, this is when I realized that the movie shot pretty well. I think the lighting and the color grading are occasionally quite good. Um, there's some scenes where they speed things up. I don't like that. Um, but mm. the movie is color graded well and looks mostly okay. And when we eventually get to the creature that becomes the Instagram star, YouTube star, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that creature, uh, kind of cool, but, um, doesn't do anything, but kind of cool. Uh, so then the gang meets up with snack, uh, to investigate the noise. Uh, snack never eventually never tells them like he's going to leave the dockers because of this event. They're investigating the noise. Mighty's ins- insulin device m- makes a noise and everyone hears a scary noise after that. Out from the shadows comes a moist looking humanoid creature. It falls over as if exhausted. <laughs> yeah, moist. Uh, Ayla oh investigates. Uh, Bran says it's covered in crocamole, to which everyone says you mean guacamole. How do you get them understand. confused? I just uh, Ayla then has everyone tie it up and drag it to a nondescript area of Field of Screams. Ayla then hits the creature and quotes Theodore Roosevelt because <laughs> she gets grades uh, that are for A students. So, of course she does. Um, <laughs> uh, Mighty's insulin goes off again, and then the creature wakes up sniffing. It actually looks pretty neat with its practical effects, but the creature doesn't do anything, so we don't actually know if it's threatening. We just know it's a creature that is a humanoid that stands up. Um, what did you think of the creature design? Uh, was that something that was a plus? I I just felt like I couldn't tell what I was looking at for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looks very sludgy. Like, do you sludgy is a good word? Yeah, like have you ever seen the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? A uh, long time ago. So I think, <laughs> but keep going. There's like, a, so I watched it. I usually like to watch it every every year towards the holiday. Christmas. Um, quis, Christmas. I almost said Christmas for some. I I said Christmas. <laughs> That's probably why. Halloween anyway, and Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. Um, and then the there's a creature in in the in the Halloween world, the mm-hmm. Halloween holiday that kind of just looks like he's melting all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very random thought that came to my head, but I'm like, he looks like that creature from um, the nightmare before Christmas. Cause it's just, he's very sludgy. And it just, yeah. again, it just looks like he's dripping all the time. And for, for, for this film, I just felt like it was a little too dark. So you couldn't really see a lot of the, the features. I wish that yes, it's very dark. the face, had some other colors on it like other yeah if if that makes sense just like other shading or something just to kind of distinguish between the eyes and the teeth and the gums because it was all just kind of like one color yes and that that was a little um confusing for me i thought the body shape was interesting i i thought the hands were kind of interesting too i couldn't tell if they were like claws or just like yeah a little bit it was weird 
So I, I guess it was just the the idea I thought was an interesting idea. I just think the the details were missing. I think if some of those details were in there, it would have been better. And, and the context, because it doesn't do anything. Like it, it kind of just shows up and they're afraid of it. But it again, we didn't get an opening kill in the movie. So we just got pump fights. So it doesn't really like show us much of anything, uh, which maybe actually that's quite intelligent, right? Because it uh, tells us that the kids are the real monsters. Uh, no, the movie's not that smart. Um, it's just, but it really misses out on the fact that like, we don't know if this creature is a threat. They are just mean to it. Um, when they tie it up and hit it and quote, uh, presidents at it i guess so yeah. uh, roosevelt was a president right i think so um yes. he is now um <laughs> but yeah he doesn't do much of anything but at least he looks kind of neat and i like his eyes He's, they're pretty cool um they're very bulbous i did think the eyes were cool yeah it, it makes him look softer which helps a bit um for what's right. gonna happen a little yeah, later yeah, yeah. um Ayla ponders their history of field of screams i kind of quoted this before it happened the scene they step out of uh where they tied up this creature um, and they step outside and everyone else walks forward. Ayla and Scribble are talking Scribble McHotty and um, she kind of leans against something. And I said to Kat, she's going to go, remember when we were kids? And then she basically says that she's like, remember uh, when we were kids and we always uh, went in here. Uh, um, it's like, man, beat by beat. Um, yeah. So many of these movies basically at this point, nice. um, she basically talks about how like they used to go to field of screams all the time. Um, but then she starts to worry that if the creature is there, when field of screams opens, it's going to affect the clientele and scribble goes essentially it'll be devastating. And it's like, why are they talking about the business acumen oh my of gosh. The screams in Pennsylvania? Uh, and then I realized that it's because she has a 51% stake in the company's stock. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, what about, what do I know? So no, uh, I thought just... she cared about the people. And then she just said, she said something along the lines of this is like my place. safe place. Yeah, this is my so escape. Is kind her of what she escape, says. which is also very sad. That yeah, this horror yeah, they don't do anything. Whenever they're there, she just right. sort of like loafs. She just loafs right. Around. They're just like you just do that around. Oh, it's so stupid. Scribble uh. McCarty walks Ayla home, and Ayla's mom's uh, boyfriend comes home and creeps on her. Nothing happens, uh, but we know it's a setup for a future kill. So hold on to your hats. Regardless, Scribble goes home after Ayla kisses him goodnight. Ayla sneaks downstairs and steals the mom's boyfriend's gun because obviously he has one. He rides a motorcycle. Duh. <laughs> uh, and uh, she puts it in her oh backpack. Um, and that doesn't do yeah. any, that doesn't go anywhere later. Um, she then undresses in front of an open window like all women do. Oh my god! And we see that Max is just outside her window despite not being in the previous scene. <laughs> so I don't know why Max is there, but he's just watching um while she undresses she turns away so you don't see much of anything it's just her back uh but if that's something you uh as a listener are worried about then i guess you don't want to watch this movie but really it's just so non-provocative there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want to watch this movie <laughs> and, and sexuality is not one of them really um <laughs> just you can add it to the list but it's <laughs> there's a lot of other reasons but for me these are all positive i think this movie is so funny <laughs> oh my gosh Hey there, listener. Want to influence the podcast? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine and support the show for $3 a month. In doing so, you'll be able to vote on a movie poll that picks a film we discuss each month. So jump on over there and have your voice heard. Snack then takes snacks to the creature because it's his namesake. 
Uh, mm. He goes to uh, Field of Screams <laughs> in the middle of the night to do this. It cuts to a hidden camera that is in the room of the creature, but that never comes up later. I mean, it kind of does, but it never has consequence later. Yeah. Uh, again, the creature design looks pretty good here, uh, and the face even articulates, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, my wife and I were very happy with that when we were watching the movie. But again, it doesn't do anything. It just eats like hamburger meat. So anyways, kids complain again about Mighty's insulin smelling bad. I don't know why this keeps happening. It's not even really funny. It's just weird. Yeah. Uh, Ayla, Ayla then says that they'll be filming the creature and posting about it online, but all online content needs to go through her first. Also, that Scribble will be viewing it remotely. It then does a reaction shot to Snack looking nervous, probably because he fed the creature at night. That's about the only um, you know follow-up to the fact that there's a camera in there. Um they bait the creature into coming into an vulnerable position so then they can shoot it. It recoils in pain. Again, reminder, the creature hasn't done anything yet. And it has huge eyeballs, so it's kind of cute. So when they're just like <laughs> abusing it, it just kind of feels actually gross. Like it feels gross. Yeah. And for me, like I don't I'm fine feeling gross watching a movie. That doesn't bother me. But because it's so in it's not. That I can tell that's not what the filmmaker is going for, or the kind of grossness is not what the movie is going for. But you told me, not just told me, you showed me that you had a cringe face for most of the movie. Did you find that it was really setting in at this point? Yes. No, I, I didn't like that part at all. I'm like, well, because I guess I'm just trying to understand like how I'm supposed to... Like feel? I guess not supposed to, but yeah, like I, I'm trying to get a sense of what is this film about? Like where, like, what do you, what do you, what I, I'm, I'm getting all these words in my head and now I can't get them out. It's like, what do you want to convey? What is the, who's the audience sympathizing with or yes, like, yeah. who am I rooting for? Who am right. I against? And some of those things are pretty clear. Um, like, you know, Ayla is a bully and yes, she's yes. just, you know, but, but what was confusing for me is how at the, like you mentioned it in the very beginning of the film, they're all interacting with their parents because they just, they got busted from, you know, trespassing mm-hmm. and then they had to be taken home. And you realize all these children in one way or another are being neglected or ab- abused uh, emotionally or just, um, just they're not being poured into very yes. well like their parents yeah, yeah, are yeah. are uh failing failing them in some way and so for for ayla it's like her mom doesn't treat her very well she's usually left alone with her mom's boyfriend who's a creep so it's mm-hmm. like you you want to feel for her but then for i found myself just never feeling that way because of just the she's like so the long list of horrible things yes. like it's it's hard to to sympathize because I'm waiting for a tender moment from her, not from yes. someone else interacting with her. It's just like, I want it to. And that's why I was waiting. Like, is there a reason she doesn't like Jenny? I had a thought where I was like, maybe she keeps whining about her crying so much because she herself is very sad. Yeah. And maybe and she so feels like she can't express it. Jealous for the expression. Yeah. Jealous, maybe jealous for the expression, or maybe she just feels like she can't, she sees herself in Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe what, what Jenny is externally, she feels internally and, and that infuriates her. It's like that self-hatred type of thing. Yes. Yeah. And okay. I, and I, and I was trying to make that connection, but it it never really solidified. I'm kind of just trying to reason with myself 
why someone would do the things that they do rather than the film kind of telling that story itself. I'm kind of just putting my own pieces together. We need that scene in the movie where the character who's doing the bad things walks an old woman across the street. Yeah, like something redeemable. Like gives you more detail about like the things they like, the things they don't. But Ayla doesn't like anything. Like perpetually is frustrated. The only thing she likes is scribble, but not really. Like I'm not, that's not enough. Um, And so- It's uh, it's just really like strange. The only ca- that that's why for me, like I think not only does Snack succeed because the actor, I think for the most part, handles things well, except for one scene which is right. laugh out loud funny. Um, and it's like a quick cut. Uh, I wonder if it's this. I wonder if you 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 know which one I'm talking about. But it, I thought it was so funny, and it comes right at the wrong time. Um, <laughs> okay, but his. He he's the only one who teeters and and is clearly the motivation for moving forward. But we kind of don't get enough screen time with him until later in the movie. Yeah, but yeah. It takes it takes a while. Then the gang argues over if the creature responds to fear or the smell of Mighty's insulin. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. The solution to the question offers no insight to the story, and also it's not that complicated. The test you would just tell Mighty not to show up sometime and see if the creature gets agitated. Um, right. The creature, of course, also wasn't violent when Snack came by uh, by himself after all. So either that's clever pre like n- sharing of information or it's incidental, which most of anything that's smart in this movie is likely incidental, S- such as this scene. Um, this scene kind of showcases the worst of the acting. <laughs> um, Ayla talks about a dog knowing when you're scared. Uh, it is bad. It, this, th- I yeah. like I said, I don't typically like criticize acting that, like to a feet, especially if they're younger. But this is like this is this is bad stuff. Like it's embarrassing. And then you think it can't get worse, but we cut to Bran, who then talks about how maybe the creature is like a bear in heat, and his performance is worse. And it's yeah. just, it's just bad. It's so bad. Yeah, And it stinks because this is kind of the only scene that feels like it's going with the theme, which is, you know, previously the whole, the whole point of the movie is creating a viral sensation to have influence based on something unreal. Um, And now the two of them are theorizing ideas. Um, They're, it's like socially hypothesizing things based on anecdotes Mm. and not on fact and not on statistic and not on like anything like not, not wisdom. So like, um, in that way, the scene's kind of interesting, but again, the movie's not very good, and the performances here are not very good, um, and it showcases that their directing's not good because they didn't have them do it again, or maybe they did, um, but I don't know. It's not good. Um, Ayla then sees Snack is uncomfortable with all of this, and she says she wants to talk to him alone. They step outside, uh, and they talk in vagaries. I can, I, I could not tell. Both times I watched this, I can't tell if they're saying there is an implication that they slept together or not. Or if they're talking exclusively about the creature, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Also, for some one split second, Ayla's actor has a harsh Southern accent. I don't know if you heard that. Um, no, I, I know like, I missed that. It is harsh. I mean, it is um, really. It was. It was out of nowhere. I heard it both times. Um, yes, I watched this movie twice. <laughs> the second time was to take the all these notes. Um, Ayla then meets privately with Scribble, and Scribble tries to cheer her up by first showing her brand's pervy pics of her. Again, they're not really provocative, but I don't know why that would make her feel better. Right. Um, like, <laughs> oh, thank you. But what does that mean? I thought it meant like he got them off of his phone. 
Yeah. So he like, doesn't I, have them anymore. But then how did he do that? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. Who, and he specifically says, this will cheer you up. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> There's another scene that does that later, too, where they're like trying to cheer them up. But it's like really awful. I'm, and I know you'll get to it. I love this movie. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so it's so funny. Oh, oh man. Okay, so. Um, and then, uh, they go into this, uh, oh, right. Then he says, oh, by the way, Ayla, I got Jenny's personal cell number, which for some reason she is elated. She's extremely happy to the point that they start making out. We are now 50 minutes in and it is about a three minute long semi-sultry dance slash snuff sequence where, and I'm using, I I would say coarse words, sultry and snuff. This movie's not graphic in any way. No, uh, it's rated R because I think they say the F word a couple times, but it's really yeah. not graphic. Uh, there, there's a vulgar scene between like a scribble and a teacher, but it, it's it's uh, only dialogue. But anyways, yeah, three minutes of scribble and Ayla dancing in a particular venue at um, F- Field of Screams. That looks kind of cool. Um, not the dance, the the venue. Uh, and right, then it cuts to online at. videos of them abusing the creature again. It has not killed anybody. We do not know if it's capable of killing. <laughs> right. Um, and yet so we're watching this them creature. like beat it with a bat and shoot it. And nobody's happy. This is the scene where I was saying it's a montage and it cuts to everybody. Nobody's happy. Only right. Scribble seems kind of happy. Um, and then Ayla seems kind of happy, I guess. <sighs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. We have some Patreon goals we're trying to reach. If we get enough support, we'll review each God's Not Dead movie, as well as The Inhumans, that really bad Marvel show from a couple years ago. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine and share your support. It then, uh, oh, and I don't know if you saw this, but this would be an editing problem. Um, It then cuts to Mr. Lewis at nighttime, red light. uh, There's like a red gel light shining on him, watching these videos on his laptop. And that makes sense, of course, right? Because, you know, this is a project. This is what it's all about. Right. But he looks uh, introspective. But then it transitions to a daytime shot. And he's sitting in the same seat in the same environment, which means in the middle of the night, he was watching their YouTube videos at school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yes. oh. And then it cuts oh, no. to daytime and he's got the students in front of him. So I don't know what Mr. Lewis is doing. Oh, my god. When you gosh. were talking about that, the principal should be talking to Mr. Lewis about why is this kid crying and you're also giving them A's. And then Mr. Lewis sleeps in the school. Uh, I... Mr. Lewis is a fictional character, but allegedly there might be something really inappropriate going on. Oh my gosh. Um, And who can fault me for thinking this? This is what the movie's telling me. (laughs) Right. No, that's, that's so weird. I don't know why he was still there. No, he (laughs) wouldn't be. What it probably was is because Mr. Lewis is in two environments. He is in the classroom and then he is at Field of Screams. So what they probably had was Mr. Lewis for like two days. And so they shot all the scenes (sighs) at the school. Yeah, and shot the next day at Field of Screams or even in one sense. day because the Field of Screams, I, I didn't mention this, but the movie is not day for night. They actually just shoot at night. Um, there's no green blue screening like it's it's not a, or not blue screening. There's no shot at daytime. Put a blue layer over it to make it nighttime. It is uh, it's actually like like I said, this, the cinematography here is uh, mid to really good. Uh, a couple shots are particularly good, um, especially with the creature. But 
if the problem really comes into editing and, and everything else, um, oh I mean, you can't even get good music in this movie. So. No, it's so bad. Yeah. Okay. So Mr. Lewis is now talking about how he's going to give them A's for their videos. Um, that the stuff is really good. This is when we learn that the project is about a myth named Crocomoly. So it's the name that was oh given wrong. Gosh, I hated that name. I know it's bad, but me and my my wife keep banging it up. We keep talking <laughs> about Crocomoly. So I guess the movie metatextually worked. Um, so uh, despite everyone mostly not liking the project, Max and Snack are clearly not into it. Yet Max is the first one to become upset when Mr. Lewis says that the video must be taken down because it's too graphic. Um, but again, Max has not been into it. Like he looks upset the whole time. So I don't know yeah. why his character is the one who, who gets frustrated. Ayla loses it and blames Jenny for being too soft. But Mr. Lewis says it's parents who are asking the videos to be renewed, removed, not Jenny. Ayla then reads YouTube comments to defend her re- uh, reasons for succeeding in convincing people that the myth of the project is real until she stops at one comment reading fake exclamation point, exclamation point XD, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and she just closes her mouth. She just stops because one bad comment showed up. I, I, it's like she never, I don't know. Why are boomers? I'm probably not a boomer. I didn't see how old B. B Harrison Smith, a sort of director. Uh, but why are people writing teens like they're not teenagers? I don't get it. Right. Fake XD. Uh, okay, so then Max <laughs> then stands up for the First Amendment when no one else will. Uh, and so he says he won't take the video down. <laughs> I'm sure Elon Musk is very proud of him for standing up for free speech. Mm. Um, and then he's going to go dock some journalists. Uh, okay, so the gang <laughs> is at Field of Screams, and they're all pounding about how people hate their videos. Ayla pouts more and goes, God, I hate people. And then she's mad because they risk their lives for an A. Again, there's been no threat right. yet. Um, how can we get people to do the crocomole challenge if they say it's fake? Uh, to which we'll cut away for a moment. And Melanie, what is the crocomole challenge? I still <laughs> trying to figure that out. I wonder like I wonder if they did have like plans like something. To- <laughs> Yeah, like have people involved with this creature, but I, maybe the child. Maybe there was like another element to the project. So you know how like with with a picture, like if you see the picture, like you know it's it's, it's encouraging spooky, children yeah. to like, do like Smile right. Dog and like uh, yeah. Jack the Killer, J- uh, J- yeah. Jeff the Killer, whatever. So it's yeah. so it's like if there's like maybe they had planned to to add this other element, like if you see this creature or something like that, it something. X, Y, and Z will happen. I don't know. But um, I'm just, they just, there's so many things that they don't clarify. And again, just a lot (laughs) of connections that you kind of have to figure out for yourself. And I think that was what was also just really frustrating about the film. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And as Ayla's kind of doing this, uh, I had a laugh out loud moment because Scribble has a really flaccid reaction to one of of her. It's just like, it's just, she's yelling and then it cuts to him. And it's so funny. Um, it is worth the price of admission. <laughs> it is so funny. Um, anyway, so she goes, we should throw a hater in there. Uh, Mighty's insulin goes off again and Crocomoly growls only for Ayla to get more mad and tell Crocomoly to be quiet. Again, Crocomoly hasn't done anything. What do we think he's going to do? Right. They're abusing him. Um, Brand then sends a YouTube poop of himself lighting the homeless pan on fire to Ayla to cheer her up. I... Melvin, I hated that scene. And this begins the scene that will probably be most frustrating to people. Um, For some reason, Ayla is just super easy to cheer up. You just have to show her photos of herself or YouTube poops or give her other people's numbers. And she's just totally cool. So she cheers up, puts some AirPods in, 
puts on a low-tier B-side imitation of an Explosions in the Sky song and dances seductively around the Field of Screams attraction. And it's really uncomfortable. Um, it's not graphic. Again, it's, it's just, a, it's like gyrating. Um, it's like <laughs> standing, it's like a standing seizure, but in slow motion. It's not attractive. It's very weird. It's just, um, what is it? My wife and I joked with her that like, if you were a young boy growing up and you watched any animated movie where they showed a girl's midriff, so Fern Gully, you were like, I have a crush on her. So that's like the most that happens here <laughs> because she has midriffs. <laughs> right. and so so if you're in middle school, don't watch this movie or you'll have a oh crush on Oh my gosh. Her. You'll have a no, crush but- on the worst person who's ever been fictionally created. Right. It, it's like they hear all <laughs> these horrible things that she's saying. And I understand that like- kids aren't always thinking logically and you know, it's just like when you're (laughs) right. So when you're, when you're with, when you're friends, it's like ride or die. Like you're just going to always be friends, Yes. but they just never look like they're okay with what she's doing. They never look happy, but she's got a midriff. So they're cool. They never look happy. They never (laughs) look satisfied. She's dancing. And I, and the weird part about the dancing is that all the boys are like surrounding her and just watching. And like you said, she put her AirPods in. So she's the only one who hears the song. She's the only one who hears the song. So it's just silence. And then the boys just watching her. (laughs) They don't even look happy about it. Or maybe Scribble. Yeah, um, Scribble's like, yeah, yeah. It's just weird. I don't get it. (laughs) And I get it. I think with the film, maybe what the filmmaker was trying to do is just show how powerful she is, like her power dynamic in the gang. And you already know that to begin with when she starts barking orders. Um, but, or like saying, are you're not going to tell anyone, are you? But yes. it's like to show like, she's the, she's the leader and kind of like this, um, you know, spell that she has on all of them where she can just make them do whatever she wants to do. And th- I, I, I can kind of see why they would do that. It's a weird way to, to, to show that, but it's like, we I- already <laughs> knew that to begin with, but it's like, okay, I get it. Which of course gets to a good laugh because then snack is the audience stand in at when Ayla starts dancing in front of snack. He just goes, why are you doing this? <laughs> why? <laughs> and it's great. I think it's awesome. Uh, snack then leaves and defects from the group more or less officially. Uh, and just when you're thinking this kid who's playing snack could potentially grow into a good performer. He has this horrible cutaway reaction shot where He's stumbling out of uh, the environment they were just in. He's kind of touching his face, like trying to act ashamed, but he doesn't know how to. So the director is just like, touch your face a couple of times. <laughs> and then he trips over a fence and then he sort of lamely grabs a, a telephone pole like, Ugh! and you can practically hear him go like, why, Lisa, why? Like from the room. It is bad. It is so funny. I rewound it to watch it again. Oh my God. It is. It's just like the movie. And like, you really think, for me, for me, I I really expected this movie at some point to just get boring for a period of time, mm. but it would just keep giving me something with the music or the dialogue or the vagueness of the film or Ayla just being mad or just something weird happening. And it would be in one of the several facets that make the medium of filmmaking. And so for me, I just, it's the gift that keeps on giving. This <laughs> okay. is all great stuff. Hey, don't forget, there's a lot of fun content missing from this episode because you're not listening on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine and support for $3 a month to gain access to uncut episodes with upwards of 40 minutes of bonus content each. You'll thank me later.
so anyways, the gang, hey, oh, and he trips over a sign that says docking station. So like, oh, oh it's the place they used to be hanging mm. out where they doxed people, I guess. Uh, anyways, the gang, Sand Snack, cons the homeless man with the, with more money, food, or jail time with Ayla, I'm not sure, to go into Crocomoly's lair. One hour in and we have our first kill and it's not that exciting or scary. Although we get some good lighting for one framed shot. And I also thought the music was okay here. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's just not there. Um, and the scene also like the first kill it crocomoly like bites in the homeless guy's neck, but it immediately cuts to the camera that's filming him the uh, yeah. in, in brand's hand. So you really yeah. don't get the visual that well for me, it, th- that would be good later in the movie. But for the first kill, we are an hour into this film. For right. the first kill to not be something more like visually shocking uh, was just a real letdown um, because it, I want spectacle. That's why I'm watching movies. Um, <laughs> and so it's just, it's very silly. The gang then tension fights after they kill the homeless guy uh, and then they upload the video. Snack hears about it at school, although it's not sure he knows what the contents are. He then sees Ayla bullying Jenny at the water fountain. I don't know. She's got nothing else to do. So she just bullies Jenny. Yeah, maybe she's bored. Ayla is, uh, which bullying is bad. Uh, let's just make that clear. Just like yes. Eggman's curse. Um, bullying is not funny in movies when it's absurd. It is. But it, that's because this is so stupid and so ridiculous. Um, but like, you know, real life bullying, not funny. Uh, okay. Uh, Ayla is at Fuel Screams for some reason alone until her mom's boyfriend shows up asking for the gun back. She says they need to go get it. Uh, she's jumped by him before she gets the upper hand and pulls the gun on him, shooting him in the process. And then she pushes him in the room with Crocomoli. And then she calls Jenny to apologize, but she's not. Uh, right. And uh, before we see what's going to happen with Jenny, uh, Snack tries to convince Mr. Lewis uh, that the YouTube channel contains real events. Uh, and I actually thought this is uh, a clever thing to do in the script. Mr. Lewis doesn't believe it at first, thinking it's part of the project to then convince Mr. Lewis, that it's real. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, credit where credits to a, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> um, Max overhears this at the door because this is Max's superpower is creeping on people. So, yes, I guess, whatever. He's, he's very good at that. <laughs> the gang is then, uh, and for everybody listening, we are in the home stretch. Um, the gang is back at Field of Screams and they have Jenny. Um, Scribble asks why. Uh, and we get the best part of the movie for me, the part that I keep telling everybody to watch this movie for, because I think it contextualizes the the film's sensibilities and why okay. it's absurd. She basically says, because I hate her, since the first grade, you've cried and peed your pants and you keep dragging <laughs> the class down. We're told you're different, but you get the same grade as me and we're not the same. I don't know. To me, it's the fact that if you it's, cry, you're bad and you have to die is so funny. And me and my wife keep bringing this up because me and my wife are very emotional people. So we keep joking about how if you cry, we'll take you to crack a molly. I just think it's so funny that someone has to die because they cry too much. Oh, that's so good. Oh, my gosh. So that's the high point. This is the peak for me. Oh, I my think gosh. This is so funny. Um. But it is terrible. I just <laughs> like, have, so, I so literally mean. have no words. I'm like, <laughs> it speaks for itself. Melvin, I don't even have to comment. People are listening to what you're saying. <laughs> and I'm sure they can hear how ridiculous this sounds. And it's just, so stupid. They're trying to give her, they're trying to give her some kind of motivation for doing what she's doing. And it's like, 
She's just pulling reasons out of the air. Like, <laughs> cry too much. You're a baby. And I hate you. It's just, so stupid. It's, it's so dumb. And it's like, we don't really need a lot of reasons to... You could come up with a thousand reasons to make a character like some, like the villain, like someone that everybody hates. They're like, oh, I hate this person. But I think sometimes what makes the villain interesting is when it's not just them being a villain, when when there's a reason that you believe that they believe in. Yes, villains villains have a good... Villains work because they're antithetical to the protagonist. Yeah. And so in essence, they converse with the antagonist based on the actions they commit. And so like when you have an antagonist that doesn't have a protagonist or have anything to say about something. Yeah. Like, cause you can have an antagonist who is antagonistic to society. And so that's yeah. why they do absurd things. So like a Joker to the Batman kind of thing right. where like the Joker is interesting to people because he uh, is like peak nihilism and existentialism in expression without dying. And so like that, right. that makes him something to be said, but Ayla has nothing to say. And the fact that like, all she says is I want to kill Jenny because she cries too much and pees her pants like that. Okay. Right. <laughs> or we're going to take this project to the edge and it's I want an A just, plus. It's just like, we keep bringing that up, but it's so, it's just so, it's so ridiculous. And all I for think, an A. Like, all and for an just, A. To me, like all the meta text of just the silliness is so perfect. Like you, you're just doing this for good grades. Who does this for good grades? Yeah, this is, it's just. Just it's, study. <laughs> like cheating is easier than this. Sense. And <laughs> worry you about doing? yourself. <laughs> don't worry so about what silly. someone else is doing oh that's what teachers say come on you teacher don't say that well, and, and i do say that a lot like a, cause, no because this is true as a teacher and i'm sure if if other teachers were to listen to this they would completely understand it's just the constant he said she said but they did and this and and there is like right. and it's like you, worry about yourself your own right education. it's because you know it's it's just the on the one hand, it's like you want to be sympathetic and you want to be understanding and you know that there's always like a like there's a reason behind everything that someone does. A lot of the time, it's not just out of nowhere. But at the same time, it's like sometimes it's over little things, especially when they're very, very tiny and mm-hmm. they're like so and so moved my pencil, you know, or just, you know, so and so cried too much. (laughs) This kid, this kid's touching the piano and you told them not to touch the piano. You know, it's just like all these like little, little things. And so that's where Mm -hmm. the worry about yourself does kind of just is applicable in those smaller situations. But anyway, I, I will, I'll, I'll leave that alone and we can move on. It's so good. I love it. Anyway, so Jenny gets killed by Crocomoli, uh, and it's really awkward. Like it's like a head crush, but not. It's very prose production. It's yeah. clear they didn't know what to do. Um, in a good movie or a well-made movie, this would be upsetting just because like Jenny really didn't do anything wrong. Right. Um, and it's just silly to to watch the the good guys win in some capacity. And in certain movies, like a I don't know, like a Refn movie, something like this would be bearable and grotesque at the same time in a way that's like satisfying. Here, it's just like, it continues the absurdity and silliness of the whole movie. But again, also, I think it makes, for me, this movie is funny and enjoyable to watch because it keeps giving. But a scene like this, I think, would be what sets someone off to be like, no, this movie's gross and and mean and nasty, and I don't want to watch it. So yeah, teach their own. Because uh, yeah, yeah. Like, essentially, they're just bullies and they're winning. So like, that's yeah. not very fun. Um, yeah. And uh, 
But again, to me, I'm you know 12 degrees behind it. I think it's I think it's so ridiculous. So uh, Mr. Lewis and Snack arrive at Field of Screams because uh, Snack said he's going to show Mr. Lewis uh, the creature. And Mr. Lewis is like, okay, fine. Snack takes him to Crocomoli and the gang jumps them. They interrogate Snack while Crocomoli is agitated. Uh, Mr. Lewis is uh, worried. He was uh, he was worried that he was ultimately brought there to be killed by the group. Right. Of course, he was not. Snack was there just to mm-hmm. prove it. But then the group jumped them. Brand says, "What? Wait. Uh, Want to see what we had? We did to Jenny." And Snack gets really disappointed in everybody, so he just frees Crocomoli anyway. So then, what would be a scene in another movie where you get to see the monster kill everybody, kind of like Cabin in the Woods, uh, where the elevator the elevator scene. Um, right. 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 We don't really get that because it's just a mess. Um, Crocomoli ends up killing everybody. Uh, he kills Mr. Lewis first, then Scribble, Mighty, and then uh, Bran and Max. Ayla escapes with Snack running after her. Uh, we pause the movie to go on a tour of Field of Screams to some <laughs> Kevin McLeod, uh free freemium music. Uh, it is very bad music. Um, we've already said that, but it is very bad music. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Ayla, Snack, and Crocomoli basically have a caravan chase uh, going on. Ayla hides where she danced the first time with Scribble as she reminisces about better times. Footage not found. Uh, until Snack witnesses her get killed by Crocomoli. The movie ends with a podcast voiceover from the original host as Snack walked down a lonely road. The only road he knows and he walks alone. Mm. And then the credits roll. And again, another song that does not fit the ending of the movie starts playing. It's more like an introspective, how far we've come kind of song. Right. It's just, it's just, yeah, because we didn't go anywhere. This movie right. went nowhere at one mile per hour. <laughs> I don't know if he learned anything. Uh, that is, that is where the scary things are. A movie that I found on Paramount Plus, uh, a service that has nothing to watch except for Smile, I guess, right now, and uh, Invader Zim. Well, uh, Melanie, what do you think of my movie? <laughs> I, <laughs> if it wasn't clear. I did not like it. <laughs> what wasn't um, clear? I thought the movie was clear. <laughs> I thought it was right. totally clear. Uh, everything was explained. Nothing was vague. Not at all. No, it's just, it's not, it's, it's not a good movie. And if you're someone who like, who enjoys watching like bad movies for a good laugh, then this could possibly <laughs> be a movie for you. You have a 50% chance of enjoying it based right. upon the statistics of this podcast episode. <laughs> right. And just, just go in with, with this information in mind. And I mean, you know, you basically heard the whole film, but yeah, I just, it was, it was hard for me to enjoy it because I think I just found myself rather than able to laugh at the characters. I just was like very frustrated by just too many things. So it just mm-hmm. wasn't as fun for me as the last film. But I do agree that, you know, it's I do like also that the film isn't super long. I think that it had nope, that going for minutes. it. I like that it's yeah. it's very short and we have a lot of long movies right now yes. um, that are still coming out. But I like that it was short and I liked the creature <laughs> parts of it. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of the things that I liked. <laughs> Um, and I did think that Snack did a pretty decent job. I think this movie's a ton of fun. I think this movie, uh, trying to find, uh, you know, everybody goes online to try to figure out what are the good, bad movies, right? Uh, and it's like The Room, Troll 2, mm. and there's plenty of others. Every year there's usually one. And every year there's one people corral around to say, this is it. This is the bad movie. Last year was Dear Evan Hansen, mm. um, which was, you know, 
exquisite um, based on just uh, built upon one casting choice and it completely deconstructs the whole film. It's, it's really great in that way. Um, and then the previous year was the fanatic. I'm pretty sure it was the previous year. And so like there every year this happens. Um, and I think most of the time people will f- listen to the zeitgeist to find it. Me, I will just literally watch anything as is clear by this podcast, not just this episode, yeah. <laughs> but I just push stuff on and like, I love movies. I love experiencing them and participating in them. And so I like to find all kinds of experiences in this way. And so when I find a movie like this, where I feel like every scene has something to give me, I mean, from the start, the fact that it starts with bum fights and then it's an actual like homeless fight. Yeah. Like homeless people fighting. Yeah. Within the world of the film, which they're like the fakest looking homeless people. Like one of my favorite movies of the last couple of years was Spree. And like one of the jokes is that uh, the main character thinks his friend who's an influencer did a real video with homeless people. And the friend goes like, that was totally fake. And then it shows it. And it's really funny. It's a, it's a funny (laughs) fake video. And so like to then have a movie that's about influence, trying to be influencers and it's all real is just the first misstep. And it just keeps coming. And the, the, the thing you need with a good, bad movie is that it's not long stretches of boredom. And it at least has something to give you. And to me also something that's important is you have to almost always be a little confused because this movie is very vague and I think it probably intended to be clever with some of its stuff, but every scene I was kind of confused. I don't know what the crocomole challenge is. I don't really know what crocomole does. I was never really quite sure why Ayla was so mad all the time. Mm. Uh, I didn't know why these people were friends. (laughs) I didn't know what anybody's motivation was. I wasn't entirely sure what docking was. And it just, it constantly (laughs) had all that alongside the backdrop of Field of Screams looks pretty cool. You get some good locations. You get some cool scenes uh, with the visuals. It's shot at night as opposed to day for night. Um, And and some of the shots just look good. And yeah, I, to me, all of that comes together uh, to just celebrate what I love about bad movies. Plus, Kat and I keep realizing so many bad movies are made in Pennsylvania. And so mm. we just kept getting more and more excited the more we find. Um, case in point, Dave with Scavage or even uh, a more bigger name, M. Night Shyamalan. So like, mm. there's just a lot of um, a lot to be enjoyed here, in my opinion. It's on Paramount Plus. I wouldn't say get Paramount Plus for it. Um, Paramount Plus doesn't have really anything worth getting for. Yeah. Um, so unless I guess you like stars, but even then you have to get a stars license uh, or membership to do it anyway. So you just stick to Prime, I guess. But um, yeah, I think this movie is delightful. It's so funny and I'm delightful. Glad in you a sick enjoyed way. yourself. So that's uh, <laughs> that's it. That's the movie. There you uh, go. Thank you, Patreon supporters, for having a tie so that I could break it by having us uh, watch the movie I want to watch using mm. my podcast. So, did you know Cinematic Doctrine has a blog? Visit cinematicdoctrine.com to read extended thoughts on movies or movie industry news from our contributors. Plus, you can find our podcast on there too. I guess I guess we'll just get into recommendations. Um, did you did you want to get us started then with recommendations as we close out? Sure. Um, I mean, I would totally believe it if someone already suggested this, but I was actually going to suggest the Iron Giant 
Yeah, the good movie. film by uh, Brad Bird, directed by Brad mm. Bird. Um, it's probably one of my all-time favorite animated films, mm-hmm. um, and I just think the story is simple yet just so wonderfully executed. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the voice acting is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Even uh, it, I think it's a uh, Vin Diesel's first. Um, I think that's Vin Diesel that animated plays the robot. voice acting role. Yeah, I pretty sure yeah. it is. Um, and so that's that's just cool to like think back on. I was like, oh, he's been doing this voice acting thing for a bit because I think it came out in ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. Yes, yeah, it's pretty old. Yeah, and uh, it's just a it's just a great film about a boy and his robot basically. And I just, I remember being in the movie theater watching it and just kind of feeling very mesmerized, especially when you get, and I won't spoil anything, but there's just (laughs) this really cool scene that happens towards the end of the film that was completely unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I just remember sitting in the theater like, whoa, I didn't expect that to happen. So I kind of love having those like really awesome, cool looking surprises. So it's just, it's a great family film too. So um, it's, it's great for all ages. I think, I think it's a great, great film, and I would highly recommend it. I'm gonna recommend. It was either this or Avatar, but everyone's already seeing Avatar. Got um, it. We invited everybody over to watch this movie called Roar. It is a crazy movie from 1981, directed by Noel Marshall, um, yeah. where he and his uh, family are all in the film. And the premise is essentially that, like, uh, Noel Marshall owns this preserve with. Hundreds of big cats, so lions, tigers, panthers, cougars, two elephants, and (laughs) they're all real. And uh, his family's now coming back uh, to live with them. And there is a lion called Togar who is trying to uh, become the pack leader. And there are poachers. And did I mention that there's a lot of big cats? (laughs) And the whole movie's just a lot. Yes, the whole movie is very stressful because these are real lions and tigers and bears, not bears, but oh my. Uh, and they're all <laughs> like pawing and teething and just going after people. Uh, and they're playing, but it's like they're rough. They're big. And yes. like, there's people getting injured constantly. It is oh my gosh. so crazy, but it is also really funny because it's not just, I mean, it is really entertaining to watch these animals interact with humans the whole time. And that's never not fun in the movie, which is impressive because you think that would get boring quickly. But the movie is also very clever and aware of itself. And so there's a lot of jokes and dialogue built around it or in setting. Uh, there's like a scene where Noah Marshall's talking to this one guy. And he basically says, can you wait right here? And the guy looks stressed. And yeah. Noel goes and there's just like 12 <laughs> tigers around him. Yes. It's like, it is so funny. Uh, it's got a Blu-ray release, I think, four or five years ago. So you can find it for real cheap on Amazon. I 100% recommend it. It is appropriate and accessible. I I would even go so far as to say older kids would probably enjoy watching this. I don't think there's any language time. in this film. Um, and they're cute. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah. they're, cute. they're all lying. So and it was shot 40 years ago. So whatever. Like You don't have to worry about feeling like if it's unethical. I don't know. I definitely was unethical, but almost exclusively for the humans, really, because but it is probably wrong a lot for the animals, too. But anyways, anyways, anyways. <laughs> Ignoring the ethics of filmmaking and using animals. Yes. It is crazy. So I just, I totally recommend this. Uh, Melanie, thanks for joining me on this episode. Thanks for having me. And for watching this movie that you did not like at all. Yeah. (laughs) 
Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine. A special shout out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlyon, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck. We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.